Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I was waiting for a hey. It's R-O-C-K in the USA. You got to be careful when you do spelling because if you do it poorly, you look really bad. I remember Al Sharpton did a thing of, I'm like Aretha Franklin and I want some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Uh. I, wait, Al? I, no. I, <laughs> I think you need some spell check on that one. Hey, it's at your service on KMOX. My name is Mike Elam. We have got a busy night tonight. I got all kinds of people who are going to join us tonight. And why I scheduled this many people to be on the show tonight, I have no earthly idea. But by golly, we have got all kinds of folks who are going to join us. Uh, George Harusa is going to join us. You may remember George's name. He ran for state senate in 2022 in a district that is very Democrat. And he ran as a Republican, as you might imagine. That didn't go well. But he is uh, running for state representative this time. And it's a district that is currently held by Dean Plocker, who was the Speaker of the House. It is much more Republican-friendly. So we're going to talk to George a little bit later on. He has got an amazing personal story that I think you you ought to hear. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Dallas Amsdale is going to join us. I was at an event this past week, and Dallas is a speaker that talks about Communicate to Succeed. That's the name of his company, Communication to Succeed. And uh, just really talking about you need to communicate better if you want to do better. He talks about it from a business standpoint, but it works personally, so we're going to catch up with him. Mary Williams is going to join us. Uh, I got all that this hour, just this hour. Um, Mary is in charge of the uh, walk of the Alzheimer's Association, and St. Charles County has one of the largest Alzheimer's walk in the country. So we're going to catch up with her. Mark Harder's going to join us, uh, St. Louis County Councilman. I don't know if you've heard about all the back and forth to where St. Louis County sent Brentwood a bunch of money, and Brentwood said, yeah, I think you wrote me too big of a check. And they're like, no, we we don't. Wait, okay, maybe, maybe we did. So now there's still, out of the 5 million plus, that Brentwood said, you overpaid us. There's still a million, too, that they haven't figured out what they're going to do with yet. Mm -hmm. And St. Louis County doesn't really know if they need it or they don't. Mark Carter would tell you, you desperately need it, but whatever. And then uh, Ralph Zook is going to join us. Ralph is a unique guy. He is an incoming district governor for Rotary for Eastern Missouri. And Ralph is a bike rider, but he's not just a bike rider. Um... Oh, what is, so what is the name? Maria Keen is hanging out with us for a little bit because I want to talk to Maria about something. So when you, when you ride a bike and you pull someone behind you, a rickshaw, that's what I'm looking for. So he rides a rickshaw and he takes a rickshaw all across the country. He is riding to Canada. Oh my goodness. Pulling a rickshaw behind him. So uh, it's a ride for Rotary and it's, it's just really cool. It's something that you don't hear about very often. Mm-hmm. So I thought, hey, I ran into Ralph this weekend. We were at the Show Me Rotary 
um, leadership conference. We're putting the Show Me Rotary conference together that's going to happen in March. We were doing a planning in Jeff City this weekend, so I got a chance to run into him. And I wasn't thinking about the fact of, oh, Tuesday. Yeah, New Hampshire primary. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I guess the only drama that we have is uh, Biden won and is right in. That was kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. We didn't really know that. Uh, Trump won. Everybody expected Trump to win. We just are waiting on the final margin of victory. So Nikki Haley came in second. Congratulations, Nikki. There were only two people in the race. So, you know, it's not quite that way to go. I'm no wizard in math. Yeah. I'm just saying you could have got one vote. You still got second. But, you know, you're you're in there. Good for you. I, I still think Asa Hutchinson is in this race. I don't think he ever dropped out. I don't think he officially did. Yeah, no one cares, right? No one cared when he got in, and no one cares if he gets out. It's like, Asa, Asa what? No. Asa Base? I like no. his name. It's Asa, Asa Hutchinson. It's a cool name. I'm Asa, Asa Hutchinson. You know, he's a great guy. He really is a good guy. Yeah, former I mean, governor. But of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You got to love that. But the news and what I wanted to talk to Maria about, and uh, I've, I've already done all that lead up, and, and we're just now getting to this part, is the Missouri Senate is just a soap opera yeah. right now. So the Freedom Caucus kicked off their stuff. And these are pretty much the same folks who were part of the Conservative Caucus a few years ago. But today, Caleb Rowden has decided, I'm done with you, right? It's yeah. like dad has taken the kids to the mm-hmm. woodshed. And uh, so today... He stripped three of them of their chairmanships, correct? Correct. And so Bill Igel is one of them. Bill Igel is a retired Air Force, and they took the Veterans Committee away from him. the Veterans Committee, yeah. So they took that away. But what I was cracking up about is not so much that he took that away. He took his parking spot. (laughs) Apparently that's another thing that he did that has... They're very upset up there in Jeff City. So Their Bill, parking spots are also gone. Yeah. So if you don't know, under the Capitol is parking. And it's where if you're an elected official, you get parking underneath there as long as it's available, right? And the further that you go, so the longer that you're there, the better your parking spot gets. Ah. Seniority moves you up. Right. So the guy before you is gone. It's like when somebody loses their season ticket and they didn't renew, you get a chance to move up, which is what happens with Packers. Right. You're you're waiting generations to be able to get into the stadium. And that puts you in the nosebleed seats and you try to move down. So I I guess, finally got a good parking spot and <laughs> they they took that away from him. Oh right. My. So they took it away from him, Denny Hodgkins and uh, Andrew Koenig. They all lost theirs. Mm-hmm. Rick Bratton, so what's what's funny about those three, all three of them are terming out. So this is it for them. And Eigel is running for governor. Eigel is running for governor. Koenig is running for treasurer. Mm-hmm. And Hoskins is running for secretary of state. Of state, I think I so. Think he, yeah. So they're all three running for statewide office. I mean, there's a whole lot, like in the legislature, too, that are all running for different positions. Oh, there's yeah, a lot going on. There's there's people running for everything. I mm-hmm. mean, the speaker is running for lieutenant governor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, a senator who, female senator, has just jumped out of my head right now. Uh, wasn't thinking about the fact. Crystal? But, uh, no, Crystal no. McQuaid's running for governor. She's Democrat. Okay. Um, but there is a a uh, Republican senator that I'm blanking on her name right now, which is probably not good. Uh, she is running for uh, uh, lieutenant governor as well. 
And then you have Mike Kehoe, who's the current lieutenant governor, who's who's running for governor. Mm-hmm. You have Igel, who's running for governor. You have Jay Ashcroft, the current secretary of state, who's running for governor. So there's a lot of moving the chairs around, but it it's crazy, isn't it? Well, and you know, it even started before they went into session. It, yes. There, it was already rumbling. You could tell this was not going to be a peaceful, you know, new legislative session. And and now with this happening, I, I don't know where this is, how this is going to end up, because um, one of the things that I go also released a statement in addition to the things that he said, and, and this is just a, a, a little snippet of it here. He says, Jefferson City is ruled by a uniparty cartel of special interest, rhinos and Democrats who band together to crush the voice of the people. They can strip me of my chairmanship. They can kick me off uh, committees. They can drag my name through the mud, but I am not backing down. I don't work for the swamp. I work for the people, and the people are tired of spineless rhinos. There you go. So, Well, that's going to make everybody kumbaya. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, I I don't see it where this has a nice, good ending. And I don't, but I, I, Rowden wants to get some things done. Supposedly. Correct, which has not happened for we're going into the second legislative session now. Now, tomorrow, Governor Parson gives his state of the state. Yes, I am going up there tomorrow. Are you? Yep, so I'm going to go to the state of the state tomorrow, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. His priorities, I think everybody knows, because they've been the same ever since he got there. So uh, I don't think that's going to change that much. But everybody kind of expected this to be an an S show, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's turning out to be everything that you thought it would be, and more. And a little bit more. I mean, hey, remember... This is only week three. That's right. Wait, folks. If I mean, if you think this can't get any more crazy, as the expression goes, hey, hold my beer. Watch this. Yeah. We're we're about to get down to some crazy stuff. It's going on Jeff City. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> we're well, going to make national news again. We, we will. So uh, Maria's going to join us a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to talk to George Russo on the other side. He's running for Secretary of State. He is a dermatology doctor. Uh, he is a very smart guy. He is very accomplished. He's got an amazing personal story. And we are going to talk to Dr. George on the other side. My name is Mike Elam. This is At Your Service. And you are listening to News Talk 1120 KMOX. It's at your service on News Talk 1120 KMOX. My name is Mike Elam. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. I want to introduce you to somebody that you may or may not have heard of before. It's Dr. George Harusa, and he has an amazing personal story, but he is also running for state representative. So, uh, Dr. George, how are you, sir? Good and great. Thanks, Mike. Hey, appreciate you taking the time and joining us tonight on on At Your Service. So um, you've been down this road once. You decided to run for office in a district that was very Democrat. So uh, I understand that was an uphill battle that you went to. But you're refocusing now. You're going back and and you're going to run for state representative. What is leading you to take on this challenge? Well, let me tell you. So... (laughs) I'll kind of give you a little bit of my background, and uh, maybe that will kind of lay it out. So, I mean, I grew up in a communist country, communist Czechoslovakia. We escaped, came to the United States um, uh, when I was 14 with basically a suitcase with my parents and my sister. Wow. They, they all uh, in a studio apartment in New York, four of us. Yet uh, both my parents and my sister had great careers as physicians, 
and myself, I became a dermatologist and ultimately president of the American Academy of Dermatology and Missouri State Medical Association. So I'm living the American dream. The incredible opportunity the United States has given me is, uh, you know, it's something that I think many people here don't really appreciate what they have. If we settled in any other country, I would not have been able to achieve what I was able to achieve. And so um, I'm really running on that um, the concept of really keeping that opportunity alive for, for everybody, um, my kids, your kids, going forward, because I find that it is under threat. And so I ran last year, as you mentioned, I was not, not, not successful. But um, I was so energized by the incredible, uh, incredible residents we have, incredible um, people we have here in the in Missouri, that I felt that um, I wanted to continue to to hopefully offer my services to to help move Missouri forward. Well, if anybody wants to find out more about your story. Uh... They can go to harusaformissouri.com. There's a great six-minute video that talks about who you are. And I, I really think what's important about that, at least what spoke to me, is you have done very well. Your, your career is amazing. You're a dermatologist, but you are nationally recognized. Um, I mean, talking about you've, you've uh, practiced on five continents or you've traveled five continents uh, with as a dermatologist, you don't have to do this. Uh, so uh, this this is something that you're doing because you really have a passion for people and a passion for the country. Well, uh, thank you so much. Yes, well, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, I've taken care of tens of thousands of patients in the St. Louis area, but from across the, uh, the world, and uh, I feel that um, I can contribute to help support really all of Missouri residents. So they really go beyond. And, uh, you know, the, the other part of my story, which I think informs my, you know, desire to really give back is, um, you know, I'm a son of a Holocaust survivor. My mother's parents, both parents and all four grandparents were murdered in Auschwitz. Wow. And she herself, survived um, uh, survived uh, death march and then a concentration ca- camp and uh, ultimately was liberated by Patton 71st Infantry. So, you know, that kind of is my first reason why I have a special warm place for the United States because without the American GIs, whose compassion and generosity that uh, that they that they offered my mother when she was liberated it was incredible and that of course stuck with me so i i think um you know we 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 have to give back we have to give back because we've gotten so much uh, we've been so fortunate our family and um even more so now with the uh, what happened october 7th right I kind of bring bring that up because you know, my niece moved there to, to start her family in in is in Tel Aviv, and uh, when October seventh happened, of course they were their friends that were murdered. The like the husband of the lactation nurse was got murdered uh, in in Israel, 
And then another friend there, they were trying to get hold of the wife with two small children, two-year-old and four-year-old. And um, they found using the iPhone, find my iPhone. And they found, of course, the iPhone pinged in, uh, after October 7th, pinged in Gaza. And because uh, they, they're still, uh, still the hostage, three of them. So there is just uh, the, the thing to me, what what really spoke to me is the, the the this 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 medieval massacre that occurred the worst day for for Israel for the for Jews since since the Holocaust along with the, with the incredible barbarity that that they did really spoke to me. I, I'm going to give you one other anecdote on that. Is that um, when I when I saw the um, those concert goers, they were running as they were being shot one after the other. And, of course, other unspeakable horrors happened to them as well. And that kind of remember my mother telling me the story of her death march from Hungary to Austria. And they, they were in a pass, and they were just told to run. And as she was running through the mud, because it had rained, the mud was turning red. As, and then she started seeing um, people falling left and right, and 500 out of the 2,000 people that started on that march survived. And, you know, they had over 265, I think, that were murdered at that uh, at that concert. And uh, to me, when I see that, and then seeing what's happening in the United States and this Jew hatred that's out there, that is another area where I feel we've got to speak and we've got to keep God against that, because that is just not the place we want to go. We're talking with Dr. George Harusa. He's running for state representative. I, I can only imagine, after having the family history that you have and seeing how all of this has played out, and to just, your family knows firsthand what communism and socialism look like and what they do to countries. And I can only imagine of how you must look at what's going on in the United States right now and the attack that is on uh, the American dream. Absolutely. It's that, I mean, that is, that is the main reason I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting, getting involved in this because we've got, uh, we've got uh, socialism through uh, what I call an entitlement mentality out there, which destroys destroys the work ethic, the, the sense of purpose for people. We have, um, uh, we've got the, um, you know, the government basically deciding who winners and losers are. The problem with that is that actually destroys that whole entrepreneurial spirit, the opportunity that we have. And then on top of it, what I grew up with, which was indoctrination, censorship, deprivation, and basically, it's not even just censorship, it's self-censorship. And that's what's going on in, in schools. And, it, it, and, it, and as I said, that kind of spills out with this, uh, this anti-Semitism. That all comes from this um, Marxist ideology. It is a very, very distressing and I would say almost scary at times thinking about. And, and, and the thing that's most frustrating for me is that a lot of people don't realize what's going on and they they don't think that this is a this is a problem 
but it is. It's it's so destructive to the to the human spirit. We're talking with Dr. George Harusa. George, um, I got to run, but I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us tonight at at your service, and I'd love to catch up with you again as we get closer to uh, filing date and primary date and just kind of catch up on how the campaign is going. Uh, as a guy who had 29 stitches in his jawline from skin cancer, I especially appreciate talking to a dermatologist. And uh, uh, during the summer, I, I definitely want to talk to you a little bit about taking care of your skin because uh, we definitely don't do it as well as we should. And I'm sure that's a message that you spend every day talking to people about in your office. Absolutely. Glad to do it. And probably we'll see you at the state of the state tomorrow. That sounds great. That is Dr. George Arusa. He is a candidate for state representative in the 89th, and we appreciate him spending some time with us tonight. Uh, when we come back and we're on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about communication. Uh, Dallas Amson is going to join us, and communication is his life's work. We'll catch up with him on the other side. My name is Mike Elam. This is At Your Service on News Talk 1120. KMOX. It's at your service on News Talk 1120. Mike Elam, we're having a little bit of trouble getting a hold of Dallas. We're hoping to catch up with him, um, but we're having some problems in getting a hold of him. So we're going to try to connect with Mary Williams at the Alzheimer's Association, and maybe we'll move that up in just a little bit. Um, the election results tonight are pretty much what everybody kind of thought they were going to be. Oh, wait, Dallas says he's here. So um, go ahead and, and check in with him. Should be there if he's in. Um it's always fun when you do live radio. You never know how it's going to go, right? Um, sometimes people answer, sometimes they don't. That's just kind of how it works out. So the election results are turning out to be what we thought they were going to be. Even with the write-in candidate, President Biden uh, is going to win in New Hampshire, even though there are no delegates that are attached to that. President Trump is going to win in New Hampshire, which they thought he would. What we're waiting to find out now is what's going to be the margin of victory between he and Nikki Haley. So... We'll find out how that's going to go as they finish counting the ballots, and we were connecting that. Is Dallas with us? Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks very much for connecting with us tonight. Uh, this is of Dallas Amsden, and uh, he is a – is it fair for me to call you a communication expert? Is that okay to, to call you that? Yes, that is. That would be a great thing to call me. <laughs> <laughs> So I got the opportunity to meet Dallas the other day. I was at an event um, with STLC3, and it was the first time that I'd been to an event with this group. Great group of people, by the way. But yeah. you were the featured speaker. And uh, I appreciated the fact of talking about um, communication and what communication means to success. And it's one of those things that a lot of people think they can communicate, but they just don't do it very well, do they? Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate thing because when you think, Mike, when you think about the idea that anytime you hear of a marriage breaking up, what's one of the biggest things they say? They say, we, we just couldn't communicate. Communication was the reason. Or uh, business partners or, or people who leave their jobs. It always has to do with the relationship with whoever the other person is and how well that relationship is communicated. That's And, and the way I always say it, and you heard me say this the other day, communication equals connection. 
And the stronger our communication skills, the more effectively we communicate, the more persuasively we communicate, the stronger our connection, whether it's in business, whether it's with our prospects, whether it's with our clients or our customers, and even in families. I mean, my wife and I, the way we communicate with each other has become a learned skill. And unfortunately, I think it's one of those things that when you when you um, get into a job or when you get into business, you're taught all the skills of your business. You're taught your products and services. You're taught how to pitch and sell those. But you're not actually taught the number one skill of communication. And that's the thing that connects all human beings is our ability to communicate with each other. I love the fact that how you broke it down the other day and taking people through this whole process of communicating. Because a lot of times when some group has you in, I assume a lot of times they're talking about sales and they're yeah. they're trying to help their sales team. But it really gets beyond that. Like a lot of the things that you just talked about, you know, the marriage example is a great one because <laughs> it, if if there's one person that you better learn to communicate with, it's your spouse. And if yes. you can't communicate well with your spouse, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably have communication problems with a lot of people. You just may not realize it. That's 100% true. I remember my mom used to say, if you have a problem with the rest of the world, chances are it's not the rest of the world. So, <laughs> uh, it was very, very true, right? <laughs> that gets back to that old joke of the, the only constant in all my failed relationships is me. Right. Everything else is a variable. Every other person's a variable. And I think that's something we all have to explore. And it is multi-layered. My, so some of the communication techniques that I work with teams on, and you're absolutely right in that I, I work a lot with leadership teams uh, and I work a lot with sales teams. That's kind of the two groups I work the most with. With leadership teams, they think they're they think that they are communicating when in fact what they are doing is just simply most of the time giving directives or giving commands. And there is a huge difference between what I call a positional leader, which is someone who's been given a spot and an influential leader, someone who earns the trust and the connection points with their, with their team. So that influential leader is someone who the position gets created because of who they are versus other people who are the positional leaders, they get put in a spot and they might not necessarily be able to fill it with their charisma, persuasion, and communication skills. So it definitely works for leaders, but some of the things I teach them, my wife and I actually practice at home. Uh, There's one technique I, I train on called a gap conversation. And the gap conversation is basically, let's say you and I agreed upon a set a set thing that needed to be done. And when we agree on that, we say, hey, do we agree? Are we accountable? This is what's going to happen. And you say, yes, Dallas, it's going to happen by this date. I've got it covered, et cetera. When that date comes and goes, which often happens in business, rather than me getting frustrated, slamming my fist and saying, you're out of here. Instead, what I can do as a communication person is I can go in and say, hey, we need to have a gap conversation, which is I thought we had agreed upon deliverable A, but what I'm seeing is over here on, on the far side. There's a gap between what I thought we agreed to and what I'm seeing. First of all, tell me, am I seeing the result correctly? And you would either agree to that or not. You might adjust me and say, no, it's not actually as far as you think it is, Dallas. It's more here. I'm like, great, perfect. But we still have a gap. So then how can I, as a leader, 
help position you to close the gap with me. And so my wife and I actually do that same thing in our home when she'll say, hey, I thought you had agreed to do something for me, Dallas. And I'm like, oh, yeah, husband brain totally forgot. She's like, well, what's the gap? What do I need to help you fix and solve? And so I really believe, and you heard me say this the other day, I believe so many problems in our world could be fixed if we would just learn the soft skill of communication. True. And if we would, if we would focus on not command, not directive, but if we would focus on the connection element, um, even, and I just, you know, I heard you talking about what's happening in New Hampshire right now, even politically, I think so many times we, we fall into sound bites that separate us in one or two camps pretty quickly, pretty easily. And human beings need shorthand, right? We, we need quick sound bites sometimes, it seems like. But um, I think one of the things that can happen, and especially with the political divide in our country, is it's because we refuse to actually connect with the other person, and instead we hurl the sound bites across the aisle. And I don't think that serves us. Well, I think I, better discussions should be had. I would I would love to take you and introduce you to the folks in the Missouri Senate based on today's <laughs> uh, activity, because I, I think they could really use it. You know, I, I read a book a while back uh, from Brene Brown, and it's called mm-hmm. Dare to Lead. And yeah. one of the main things that I took out of that book that I think fits well into this is her talking about you giving instructions to people. And her thing is clear as kind unclear is unkind. And the point of all that is, if you're giving instructions to someone, like you said with your wife, right? If you're giving instructions to someone that said, I want you to do this, and they bring you back a result that is far from what you expected, rather than blame the person who brought that back to you, the first thing you should do is look at yourself and say, did I give them clear direction? Was I clear on what I expected? And if you weren't clear on what you were expecting them to bring you back, the problem is not them. The problem is you. That's a hundred percent correct. And and just for the record, let me just say, uh, it is not me giving the instructions to my wife. It is my wife giving most of the instructions. Oh, anyone who's been married for a minute understood exactly how that works. (laughs) There is no Um, question. You're absolutely right. When it is the when it is the job of the leader, or again, even a salesperson, a business professional with a client, if you do not get the results that you want, it is what I call. You know, we would say we would say regularly, "Oh, well, there was um, there was a miscommunication." Well, extend that word out a little bit. We had a missed communication. We actually missed each other in the flyover. And uh, usually the person giving the, giving the directive or giving the instructions, they are the ones who have to, as you said, clearly communicate. And what, what it does culturally for your team or with your prospects and clients, what it does culturally is when you ask for them to give you feedback, when you say, hey, here's what I'm wanting done, are, are we clear on that? Or do you have any questions? When they say back to you, what, when they echo it back to you, then accountability actually becomes positive and it becomes relationship building. Normally, what happens is something goes wrong and we say, well, who's accountable for this or who's responsible for this? And that's not a culture of trust. It's not a culture of safety. It's not a culture of communication. So the more clearly we can define the terms, we can agree upon what the win will be, 
we can agree upon why that win is necessary, and if we can agree when that win is necessary, then what we have is we have precise, positive, productive accountability, which is ultimately what we want in life and in business. We're talking with Dallas Amsden. His uh, company is called Communicate to Succeed. Dallas, I, I need to have you back because I really want to stretch this conversation out a lot more. There are two words that I, that I took away that you pounded in my head of pain and promise. And I will mm. leave that as a tease for us to catch up on the next time that I want to have you back and have a longer conversation because I never, I, I don't think we could talk about communication enough. I think this is a subject that, as as a society, it's the number one problem for us to fix because if we fix our communication, we fix a host of other issues that we deal with yes. every day. I appreciate the fact that you're out there fighting this battle. Uh, if folks want to get a hold of you to learn more, because you you do a lot of great work with a lot of great companies and different organizations, how can they get a hold of you to learn more? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those are probably the easiest ways. Uh, and that is just at my name, which is Dallas, like Texas. Last name is Amston, A-M-S-D-E-N, Dallas Amston. And I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. But if you want to, uh, I do a lot of communication training for groups and for individuals. And if you want to learn a little bit more about the ongoing training community that I've built along with my partner, Jeff Kozatek, uh, that is at C2S, which is short for Communicate to Succeed, C2Sacademy.com, C2Sacademy.com. Dallas, I appreciate you taking some time tonight, and I look forward Thank to having you. a follow-up conversation with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. We appreciate that. We are going to talk to Mary Williams from the Alzheimer's Association on the other side of this break. My name is Mike Elam. This is News Talk 1120 KMOX. Live and local, this is St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. It is at your service on News Talk 1120 KMOX. We are running a little bit late compared to what I thought we were going to be at. So uh, Mary's going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour as we move forward there. There is all kinds of stuff that has been going on today. We were talking about the Missouri Senate. I know some people just you get tired of all the political stuff, right? Uh, and you're like, geez, do we have to hear about this anymore? But I got to tell you, this it's not often that the soap opera really plays out as much as what you're like. Could it really be that crazy? Nah. No, it is. It, it really is right now. The Missouri Senate is just a soap opera, man. And it's it's one of those kind of things where you just want to grab a big bowl of popcorn and sit down and watch it until you realize, crap, that's my state. And that's the bad part, right? So you have 34 senators in the state of Missouri. You have uh, 10 of them are Democrat. So you have 24 Republican senators. You would think, right, you have 24 Republican, 10 Democrat. These 24 Republicans can do whatever they want. They're going to be able to pass all the conservative programs that you would think they're going to pass. Not so much. There's this big division. There's about seven uh, Republican senators who have joined a group called the Freedom Caucus. 
If you know that name, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, some other folks in Washington, D.C., are the ones that you hear about in the U.S. House. And those are the folks who were part of that Freedom Caucus. And the Freedom Caucus is expanding state by state into the state legislatures. And they are setting up a state version of the Freedom Caucus. They're all connected through the all big um, web of things with the group. But the one here in Missouri has decided that they're going to dig their heels in. And if they don't get the stuff passed that they want passed, they've pretty much said, we're not going to let you pass anything moving forward. Well, Caleb Rowden, who was the president of the Senate, has basically said, game on. Let's let's fight this thing out. It's ugly, but it's like a train wreck, man. You can't stop watching. So we'll see what happens. We'll get some updates as to what's going on with Maria after the top of the hour. Election results are coming up here in just a second. This is News Talk 1120. My name is Mike Elam. Thanks for hanging out tonight for At Your Service on News Talk 1120 KMOX.